We are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, and most times we go deep. In today's episode, we will be talking about Fear the Walking Dead's mid-season finale, technically. Episode 7, season 6. Damn, the damage from the inside. What is it? Damage from the inside. Yes, not the damage. What is the <laughs> Facebook? <laughs> what is what is the Google? The Google. The, the MySpace. <laughs> hey, the, those kids in there, they're the TikTok and the they're t- the Snapchat. The TikTok. <laughs> the, oh gosh, Sharon did with a deep cut, the CompuServe, <laughs> or the Prodigy, <laughs> doing the sex. Nice, Lisa. <laughs> of course, you have to bring it back to that. Well, first of all, I'm introducing Rachel, Rachel Burt, Cosmomom09, Rachel Burt, and I'm your host, David Cameo. A couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, actually probably close to the to premiere, the actress that plays Annie, Bailey Gavilik, whom we haven't seen yet, interestingly enough, mm-hmm. uh, she actually had this little giveaway of some Fear the Walking Dead Season 5 rap merch, mm-hmm. and, and including a shirt she designed. Um, and so I'm going to show you the shirt, and I'll show you the sticker and the magnet she gave me from the rap party. And she also gave me a little note to show all of me not really uh-huh. all of you but that's but as uh i actually won this thing and uh let me just show you the shirt first it's a camp cackleberry shirt <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> the little egg uh-huh. and the little chicken and it's cackling in the little uh-huh. van that they were driving uh-huh. camp cackleberry <laughs> You see it? Yeah. yeah, it's, oh, yeah. It's, it's pretty visible, right? Yeah. <laughs> and here are the stick. Here are the stickers. Wait, let's see if it focuses. Here the Walking Dead oh, S five, and yeah, the magnet's the same. Very, it's very high quality for serious. That's awesome. That is really cool. Yeah. And uh, here's the note, which I'll probably do in post, but let's see if it if it comes out right here. And uh, let's see. Hold on. There we go. Let's go back. Oh, it's pretty clear oh! actually. So it says Squawking Dead. Thanks. Thank you so much. I'm reading it backwards because my my thing is mirrored. For thank you so much for entering. My my giveaway yeah for entering my giveaway and for <gasps> supporting fear the walking dead and the and the whole twd universe oh, and the whole twd universe okay i hope you love your camp cackleberry shirt and the magnet sticker oh set of rap gifts from season five. Oh, so glad all of this is going to such a huge fan all the best bailey so anyway so, so glad this is going to fans huge fan all the best bailey now we can That's now we can awesome. sign checks as her <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna be a, a feat of editing right there. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so wanted to thank Bailey for the for the Bailey. lovely, lovely giveaway gift. Uh, I'll awesome. be sure to be tagging her in the in the description, I suppose. Right, you got this. <laughs> yep, I'm <laughs> in on the it. notes. Uh, and uh, and I and so what I did was I asked her hopefully to find out whether she'll be selling the t-shirts somehow, uh, getting permission to sell them or something like that. So mm-hmm. if I do find out anything further, uh, I'll let everybody know, and okay. uh, it'll be. In the description yeah it'd be great and hopefully i can get you know tom in on it i can get charity obviously so you know you know you guys are you guys are fear the walking dead army you know it's like not even you're not just fear fear a twd family or fear family you're fear army so robbie right nisa we've got enough on our side so yeah uh so yeah i thought i thought that was a great way to kick off this whole know. season we've been talking a lot about transformations people doing things that they wouldn't normally do morgan even brings it up himself again this episode um but i saw alicia really standing 
standing her ground and deciding that she's not going to do something that she wouldn't normally do. She had the opportunity to, you know, run away with Morgan and do things his way. Um, and she said, no, that's not, you know, that's not how we're going to do it. You, you know, you're not going to send Dakota away, even though three minutes ago she was willing to do the same thing. But she realized that was the wrong choice. That's something that Alicia wouldn't do. Sacrifice, sacrifice her pawn, right? So she's not going to. And she decides this isn't the only way, which is funny, right? Because we've heard Alicia this whole episode say, this is the only way. This is the only way. Finally, Morgan says, this is the only way. And she goes, no, it's not. It's right. not the, the only the, her, way. Her very plan that she was about to commit to. And I like that you brought the, the Queen's Gambit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, sacrificing Dakota to get to basically win. Mm -hmm. And she says that's not the only way, which I find that very interesting because in the context of, let's say, Morgan, right, we see Morgan admitting to Dwight finally in Honey that my problem was that I kept thinking my way was the only way. Mm -hmm. And here he is about to and he, I'm glad he didn't. But he was about to say, this is the only way, Alicia. And like, how alike are these two characters, Alicia and Morgan? Because Alicia, in her own way, by the way, you're talking about season four, which again, there's going to be a lot of callbacks to season four. Um, she thought that her way was the only way also. You know, you have these two characters, you know, like, you know how like attracts like, but usually like does not complement like well enough. You know, like sometimes when, when two people are too similar, they don't complement each other enough and they are kind of like their worst enemies. They play on their worst characteristics. Yeah. This almost became one of those things. If had not Alicia gone through that experience, like, I feel like we talk about this a lot. Had this person not gone through this experience, they wouldn't have come to this resolution. But it's true. Like, if this didn't happen, this experience with Ed, this idea of keeping the family together, and who did that fucking remind you of? Like, in some ways, Madison trying to preserve the diamond, which is one of those callbacks. You know, had she preserved the diamond, you're trying to emulate or revert or to call back a, a, a type of safety that doesn't really exist but mm -hmm. yeah, i wanted to read uh <laughs> i wanted to read sharon's uh impressions and you know first <laughs> first two thirds meh lasted tense last five minutes ah <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to sum up this episode. Yeah. That is actually yeah. very, you know, I wouldn't have summed it up quite that way, but you know, because <laughs> I was tense. I was a little tense throughout the first watch from, from like the, the Rangers losing their horses in the beginning, but that the, the callback to Terry again, Terry just can't seem to yes. catch a break in this episode unless Terry is an asshole. Where you know, the hell is Terry? <laughs> Yeah, because now we find out Terry isn't Ranger Driver Guy. Ranger Driver Guy is himself. He's an own, his own person. He is not Terry. Right. <laughs> but Terry is with him scouting ahead and does not come back. Strang goes ahead with Samuels and all of a sudden the horses that are protecting uh, Dakota are, are rushing up against him. They're like, what the, what the, what the hell's going on here? And they go back and they're like, oh shit, somebody done killed all those Rangers. And then Dakota obviously runs away with the SUV, the Suburban, whatever it is, a Yukon. I can't remember what it is. Alicia getting captured was pretty tense uh what the hell's going on with charlie she's out there with all these scary walkers essentially like you, you don't realize until later like she was out there amongst the terror um but you know it doesn't seem to phase her well like, kind um, of because we find charlie actually slips into the house while alicia's knocked out right right exactly so she's in but, the but she had to have seen oh, him though, right yeah well she saw them as they were taking them down initially before they got into the place but you know not like a whole horde of these things right and uh i, I just i just wanted to read what charity said charlie is the real mvp I know. I you're know. 
she's prepared for this because I already told her, but I, I am I am ready to admit that Charlie was a badass this episode. She she saved a lot of lives this episode. <laughs> yeah. And I, well, not only that, like I, I have to frame this whole conversation. The fact that like this episode is a lot like a call. This the setting is a lot like a callback to close your eyes. This is the Charlie and Alicia episode from season four, mm -hmm. you know, where they get locked kind of into this house and they the idea of preserving the memory of a family, mm -hmm. you know, with the pictures and, and putting them outside in the same fashion as the, one of the photos and the idea of what happened to this family. They tried to stick it out and then the, you find out they died from the very means of them trying to protect themselves. Mm -hmm. So in the episode in Close Your Eyes, it was basically something was clogging up the flu and they hadn't opened it. And when they built a fire to kind of keep themselves safe, they died from the smoke in inhalation. In this episode, it's a lot like, the, it's a lot the same way. I mean, the very thing that Ed was trying to do to keep his family safe, scare people away, happens to be the seeds of his destruction. Let me let me read what um, Charity wrote in terms of the Queen's Gambit. Yes, the <laughs> Queen's Gambit can also force Black to spend the early part of the game responding to White's threat rather than developing their own. Yeah, they're on the def it puts It puts the opposition on the defense, essentially. Yeah. If you choose to accept um, the Queen's Gambit, Black is playing defense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, basically for much of the game, yeah, until they can find the reversal route. Just to, just to illustrate what it is, though, the Queen's Gambit is, is when you sacrifice a pawn so your queen has a clear and swift route to the king. Essentially, you sacrifice a specific pawn, or you you make the motion to sacrifice a specific pawn. It's the queen's and in pawn. Doing yeah, that's why it's the queen's yeah. gift instead of the king's. They have there's a different name for the king's pawn. Why do you think Alicia refuses to sacrifice Dakota in that moment? Well, I don't know if she comes to that decision herself or if what Charlie says weighs on her. She just says, you can't, you can't do that. You can't do that to Dakota. You can't turn her over. I really like what Alicia said to Morgan about, um, you know, why, I don't remember the exact line, why make Dakota an enemy if we don't have to, you know, type of thing. Dakota could be the very thing that they need on their side to take Jenny down. Charity says, Morgan is the one who wants to strike first now rather than wait. Um, yeah, I mean, we find just out like he's the convoy that, that is a first strike, wouldn't you say? I relegate it more to means. So one of the things that, that Morgan says as they're bearing Ed is, you know, he won't go, you know, they're talking about Emil. Oddly enough, Dakota knows Emil by mm -hmm. face and recognition and clothing, just down to the clothing. Uh, he's people that, he's he's somebody who catches people who run away. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like a freelancer. Yeah. Uh, yep. why, well, yeah. Why turn Dakota against us if we don't have to? Right, exactly. So yeah, because we don't want to make her in it. It's it's almost as if, by the way, if, if, if you want to, I'll go, I'll go back to that conversation in just a second. It, it is almost like, is though who really is the queen? Yes. You know what I mean? Like, is Dakota the queen? And is it really a, you know, Dakota playing against Virginia? And which side? You know, is Dakota on the same side? So there's a lot going on here, like in terms of who's on which side. Because it seems like the board is more of like a fourth dimensional kind of thing going on here. You've yeah. got the Rangers against the, the survivors. You've got Ginny against Dakota. And then you've got the end is, at, what is it? The uh, the end is the beginning, guys, against the world. <laughs> and then, then you also have like Morgan's idea of safety versus Ginny's idea of safety too. So it is like four different dimensions of how this can go about. And the Venn and diagram of outsiders out there roaming around too. Oh yeah, exactly. And how do they factor in, right? So yeah, Ginny's rejects, <laughs> Ginny's outcasts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mad can mask people. All this I, to say that when they when they do talk about Emil uh, and Morgan does mention he won't he won't go after anybody again. Alicia does look at him strangely, mm -hmm. almost as if like that doesn't sound like you, right? Because she knows Morgan doesn't kill people. And almost as if Ed, you know, thinking back on Ed, how suspicious, how sus she was of him. <laughs> 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 to use the lingo.
ago. <laughs> it's almost as if like, should I have been like looking at other people too? Should I have been looking at Morgan? You know, I thought, you know, I hugged him when I saw him because like I thought he was gone. We we're really starting to bond. You know, he was teaching me how to use the bow staff. All life is precious. You have to remember how they left off right. and how she, he was teaching her balance. And so all of this to kind of say, I feel like it's a complete role reversal. Morgan is doing what Alicia was committed to doing in season four, you know, going mm -hmm. after the people no matter what. There is a sense of a change and there is a little nuance, Yeah, but they Alicia, needed to show... Alicia was sorry, clearing. No. Yeah, Alicia, Alicia was clearing. the one clearing, right. And they needed to kind of bring Morgan to back to a place where this isn't only what, this is the only way, only to illustrate that role, role reversal. They needed to do that because you're watching Alicia and it's almost as if she's Madison, but not Madison. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm not there yet. <laughs> Okay, I'll explain. Okay. So Alicia is evoking, I said Madison, but I, what I really mean is best parts of Morgan, best parts of Madison, and also what she's learned over time that can't okay. just be about killing. So there's a little bit of both in, in each. Like she is still committed to keeping people safe. She is, in, but she's still also a realist. You know, this is the board. This is how we have to play it. You know, there, there are things that we're going to have to do, but at the same time, I'm learning a little bit of Morgan's thing, which is yes, all life is precious. And maybe it doesn't have to be all about killing, but maybe I need to figure out what my next move is. And then there's also like the elite and maybe the trees did help. So there's a lot about Alicia that we're just now, who, who is she at the end of it? And I think this is her first step in discovering who she is as a person, because most of us, most of us didn't like clear Alicia because she was trying to take charge, run everybody, be the leader, etc., and taking it all on herself. My way is the only way. Cool. But I'm losing a piece of my soul along the way. Exhausting. Two, most people did not like tree painting Alicia either. They, they thought they were shoving her in the back, blah, blah, blah. She's too like, soft. Eh, like, well, yeah, too soft, too out of focus in terms of gravity. You know, like she had no gravity. So now we're in a place where like, and, and this is what I liked about the Morgan and Alicia interaction. As she's walking away with Dakota and Charlie saying, we'll figure it out. And Morgan says, stop, I don't want to be this way. I can't let you go. I can't let you walk out that door, turn your back on me again. And that really, I'm, that moment actually, when I watched it the second time, actually really got me. It was like, it's what we needed. We can't have this thing go back and forth with people trying to be stubborn about that. Because I thought, and this is like the tense moment that I was, it was one of the tensest moments I ever thought. Because when Morgan started saying, you know, I can't let you go out that door the first time saying, you know, I can't let you do that. I thought for a second, oh my God, is he posturing? Is he going to like fight her? I mean, he'll win just flat yeah. out. No, yeah. no. Did you think that too? Cause I was just like, was this going down? Oh man. No, I didn't think, no, I didn't think they would fight. I didn't he used think the same exact words, basically giving the Rangers a chance. He used the same words. Yeah. I gave them a chance. I'm going to give you a chance too. Ooh, yeah, no, I, I know. No, no, should have. Cause so Nisa, said it beforehand. Yeah. Nisa says she didn't. Sharon did said I did for a second. And like, I knew that's not how it was going to go down, but I thought like, I remember, okay, listen, I have to admit something also. Uh, I had taken an edible last night and I was watching <laughs> and like, I had taken the edible like an hour and a half ago. And like, all of a sudden it started kicking in at this moment. So I just didn't remember, I didn't remember anything that went down. But like I watched, I finally watched it again this time around. I was like, okay, this actually kind of makes sense. And what it was, was last night I thought I had this really cockamamie thing in my head. So let me explain my, my theory. My theory <laughs> last night was like, what if they took the Madison thing, the, the original quote unquote Madison plan where Madison was the ultimate bad guy. And instead mm -hmm. of Madison being the bad guy, they put that on Morgan. Ooh. What if Morgan ends up being the bad, the big bad? That'd be terrible. That would be terrible. But didn't you feel in that one moment for a second, 
second, and maybe it was a fleeting second that he was the big bad, that he could be the big bad. I didn't. I that I I didn't get that feeling. No, I Morgan doesn't strike me as as a bad guy. Everything he does, even the bad moves, are for the greater good. You know, he's like, uh, you know, do we think Huck's a bad guy? <laughs> yeah, but hold up. <laughs> Hold on a second, though. We th- we are constantly thinking Ginny is doing things for the greater good. And yet, like now, there's this weird role reversal a little bit. Like, we- clearly, Ginny's losing her grip throughout this episode or throughout the last few episodes. Oh, yeah. And yeah. what happens? Victor says, when you back somebody into a corner, people get desperate. Oh, they're at the violent end. or whatever. Yeah, they're at their most desperate. And what happens by the end of the episode? Victor, prophetic Victor is prophetic Victor. And Ginny rounds up Grace. And probably what we were saying throughout this, e- this episode anybody else they picked up from Humbug's Gulch. Meaning, okay, so you've got the rabbi, you've got Grace, you've got, I was going to say Peggy, you got Tess, <laughs> and ba- and a whole bunch of other people, like Sarah, June, maybe, maybe, why not? That was what I, I think that was the part I needed you to clarify for me. I was quite- Oh, the, the very end? Well, yeah, I was quite confused at the very end when Strand said, who do you want next? What? Or what do you mean? That That's what I mean. What did he mean? What does that mean? Who do you want next? What the hell does that who mean? Do you wanna, who do you want to round up next? So is What's- he trying to like take credit for something? Did he, is he saying, okay, I, I gave you grace. Who do you want next? Is that what that meant? Oh no. He's like, he's, he knows what's happening right now. This is the one thing that we, we've been saying over and over again. Strand is basically the one, if you remember, it is the episode with Strand and Alicia that where he finds out that if, if they mess up and start killing Rangers at this sugar plant, sugar processing station or whatever, th- that's where we find out that yes, if they mess up, they will go after all their friends. And we, every time we hear that, we have to consider every single action taken by, let's say, Dwight and Althea and Dwight and Sherry, Morgan and Dwight and Sherry, when they're talking about it, that's always in the back of my mind. Like, okay, if you retaliate now, our friends are toast because she will take them. This is like the nuclear option, Ginny's nuclear option. If any one of them still apart, you know, makes a mistake or a big enough mistake to alert everybody or, or to try to rescue everybody or whatever, whatever they're going to do, all of their friends are at stake. We have to kind of remind ourselves that that's the, that's the thing that's going to happen. And then one of the warnings that Ginny also mentions to everybody else from the very beginning or to Morgan specifically, if you show your face again, uh, and anybody from my communities has hears that you're still out there, you, all your friends are toast, mm-hmm. all of them. And so now that's happening. You back Ginny into a corner. She's losing her grip on Tanktown. She's losing her grip on June. Uh, and she's lost John. Dwight and Althea are gone. This end of the beginning threat is still out there. And so now she has to go nuclear option. It's like, I need any, cause I don't have the advantage of the fuel anymore to entice people into thinking I have control. You know, so now I have to use brute force and now I have to actually protect people. Meaning the hospital is kind of like the tank town fallback. Like, oh, we're helping people. You know, we're, we're healing people. We're not so bad. You know, <laughs> that's the new tank town now, the okay. hospital. And so now, but now she still has to make an example of people. Like this is what happens to people who, who are traitors and fight back. You know, we're here to help people and these people are trying to destroy what we built. So this is how the speech is going to go, you know? So is Strand around and rounding people up for Jenny to kill? Is that the idea yeah, I, here? He's going to bring yeah. his friends for Jenny to kill? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. There's okay. a little interaction between her and Strand that I took as, as one thing and another thing. One of the things that Strand says is you're going to wreck everything so that I've, that we've worked so hard to, to do, which is damage them from the inside mm-hmm. because you're going to be taking Dakota off the board. I'm going to be mistrusted, etc. So my pedigree is going to go down. Morgan's out there now. Morgan is now going to be a known threat. 
And so Alicia responds, I'm only doing what you asked, meaning I'm going far away so that I can damage, so that I can damage her, not maybe not the way you expected, but I can damage them from the inside. And how does she do that? By taking Dakota away. Mm -hmm. That is literally damaging Virginia from the inside. Yeah. But like now, Strand, now, now Strand has to improvise. Yeah. They're taking that moment to remind us of Daniel too. I mean, Daniel's in a really fragile position, I think. He's pretending not to know, you know who he is or who his friends are or anything. So if he has to keep that charade up and Ginny's running around well she's rounding people up to kill them Daniel's going to be on that list so does he stay in character and act like he doesn't know what's going on or does he flip a switch and be like haha just kidding pew, 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 and like take everybody out think, before we kill him <laughs> I, th I, th I think he has to stay in character so he would die in character <laughs> maybe think about it like if he does not break character the people this is how I imagine that would go if we're even assuming that this is what's going to happen right because <laughs> I think part of part of also gathering them all in one place means that somebody could swoop in and save them at the last second too so now they're all in one place it's like I don't know what this move is called but like you know when you're when you're when you back somebody into in a corner and they put and they do something desperate sometimes they don't really think about what they're going to do because if I was Ginny I would just drive to each settlement and take those people out this way they don't know what's happening yeah don't if, bring them all together you, first yeah but her thing is I need to make a show of it mm -hmm. right and so right it doesn't make sense because if you're going to bring everybody together it means that they have it's the means for everybody to save them so I think this is why Vic and this is why I feel as though Victor being the one to gather them and bring them together since he has the intersite community thing whatever settlement person <laughs> yeah <laughs> um this puts him in a unique position to parlay with whomever but also like if Daniel catches wind of this he can send a message in the firecracker <laughs> read what uh, what uh, Nisa said it's uh Virginia Virginia wants quote-unquote every single person she took from the gulch uh, and Sharon D says it could also refer to Dakota because now that she's part of our group she can do damage from the inside yeah yeah well just by the very fact that she is you know torn away and free of Virginia's grip is it, just damaging enough it wouldn't be very wise of Ginny to start killing all of Morgan's friends especially not when Morgan has her sister that would almost 100% ensure her sister's death and if anything she said is true about protecting Dakota what she's not going to put her in a position like that right wait back up because you, now you're saying you think morgan would use her as morgan would use dakota as insurance no i think from jenny's point of like it wouldn't be very smart for jenny to 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 continue to threaten these people or even kill any of them when morgan has her sister hmm, maybe but then there's also the gamble of is morgan desperate enough to sacrifice some people for dakota right what if what if mm. virginia starts killing off one person the other the other and leaves let's say grace for last and mm -hmm. that's the last one now they have one tit for tat you know you have i have grace you have dakota are you willing to go down this path mm -hmm. right like are you willing to take it that far to not you know not submit dakota because mm. i can see in some way dakota like you know we're gonna have to do things that we would normally do like i can see a possibility of morgan not giving back dakota and Ginny going through a whole bunch of people <laughs> for before morgan relents okay so nisa saying but she can round them up and kill one from our group torture one and leave them for morgan to find as a message kind of like a meal maybe Oof. Mm. gosh i hope that yeah that's nuts and sharon says quote if grace asked you to do it you're, you know, you're damn you well know, you, would. you know damn well you would
would. She forgot. No. Right. Yeah. So this is Dwight's quote. If Grace asked you to do it, you know damn well you would. And so this is going to be like a Mexican standoff. Meanwhile, of course, you've got people in the wind. You've got the end is the beginning, guys. You've got Virginia's outcast. You've got, you know, you've got all the people. Uh, you got John Dory who's still out in the wind. Oh, mm -hmm. and I do want to make a reference to time. John's been away, been missing for a week. Yep. We know that now. Yep. And when they mentioned Terry, I was just like, oh, what does, what does Terry have to do with this? Oh, I thought they were going back in time to the mm -hmm. point where Terry went missing, where, where John had to escort Sarah and mm -hmm. uh, Sarah and June. And I'm like, oh, no, that doesn't make sense. Terry just was just off his rocker or something. I must have had a bender. <laughs> Alicia Terry's gives us, an asshole. <laughs> Alicia, Alicia gives us a timestamp, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, six, six weeks, right? Mm -hmm. Since her and Strand split up. Right. Which is also an additional six weeks from the time Morgan mm -hmm. was found. So that we, we were now like um, three months in. Mm -hmm. So we have a three months in from the time they were picked up from the Gulch. Yep. Just, just about. Roughly. Just about. Yeah. Give or take. Right. Yeah. Because Morgan doesn't even know the span of time. And neither do they. Like initially, they're like, ah, how long have we been out here shoveling <laughs> shit? Right. <laughs> and however long it takes to travel to, by the way. So, oh, one thing that I thought you would appreciate. I don't know if you caught this, but your midkiff key. Yes. That's where they are. That is. Yep. Alicia and Charlie are in midkiff. Yep. I did see that. I thought you'd, I thought you'd appreciate that, uh, that I uh, kept that in mind. I was like, <laughs> yeah, midkiff. <laughs> it's actually a place with two Fs. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell does that mean? What is a midkiff? Like, I want to know. What's a kiff? First of all, what's a kiff? Because yeah. this is the middle of it. <laughs> Americanized form of German Mittelkopf, an occupational name for a broker or middleman. Oh. Mm. Oh. Mm. From the Middle High German Mittel, meaning middle, and Kopf, meaning purchase. So middleman. Middleman. That, mm. that, that, it was worth looking up. That's a, that's a pretty big tell, yeah. Because by the end of this episode, I feel like as much as Alicia wants to keep Dakota in hiding, would Alicia become eventually the middleman between all the warring factions because I walked away from this episode when 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 Morgan finally relents and says I can't let you walk out that that which again makes me very emotional I can't let you turn your back and walk away again I can't let that happen it's kind of like when when what we said about Nick you know I turn I I let your brother go I let your brother do what he wanted to do I won't step aside for you it's the same feeling again I can't let you do this I can't let but more to the point I can't let you uh, walk away from me again like meaning I can't lose you yeah. And you know what? My way can't can't be the only way. I, it, it, this is the same mistake. I can't let the same mistakes happen again. It is like a role reversal. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of Alicia going to kill Naomi, she's walking away to save Dakota. So it's very role reversal-esque. Yeah. And um, what I took away from that, though, just to, just to be clear, I felt he was no longer going to let Alicia sit on the sidelines. I think he was actually relinquishing leadership in a way. Mm. Maybe you're in a, a better position to call the shots. I can't keep doing... I, if I keep doing this on my own, yeah. if I keep thinking, you know, be taking the reins on this because I can't keep doing this. I can't keep thinking my way is the only way. Mm -hmm. I surrender that to you. That That's what I got from that situation. Yeah. I, I definitely see that. And it kind of um, relates back to what Alicia says to Morgan about Ed, about what he was trying to do there. The things that he was creating are ultimately what killed his family. You know, these this, this thing that Morgan created himself, right, could ultimately be the thing that destroyed what he's been trying to build and plan this whole time. 
and I, like this is kind of why I said like we've seen all these characters go through these transformations except for Alicia. What I saw from her in this episode was her taking a stance and saying I'm not gonna do what I wouldn't normally do. I know the right way, the right way, you know, not doing something bad for the good reason for the right reasons, but the right way to do something and it's, you know, to keep Dakota close and not sacrifice her. Isn't that in itself also kind of a transformation? Because she was willing to sacrifice Dakota initially. Well, she it's kind she of like did the, have like that the, initial thought. It's similar yeah. to Althea. It's similar well, to Althea where instead of going down the hole, you know, she pulled back. Yes. Yeah. It was it was uh tempting, right? She was tempted to do this, but ultimately drew back and said, Nope, I'm I'm not gonna become that person to do this awful thing for the greater good. And um and she didn't, you know, and maybe Morgan sees that. He sees, you know, you haven't changed as much. So maybe you are in a better state of mind to lead. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Or you haven't sacrificed those principles, which mm -hmm. makes her in the prime position to be able to guide everybody, including Strand, let's say. Because the thing about Alicia is that she has been constantly evolving from the very start. She's been constantly picking up pieces from here, from there, her brother, her mom, even. I felt a big sense of her mom in there too. Like in essence, she was trying to, you know, you hear the reference that she was going to take Charlie when they were going to bargain for Dakota. She was going to take Charlie to the diamond mm -hmm. so that they can clear it out together and have a place to escape to. Yeah. A place where the Rangers wouldn't know. When you said Alicia's kind of acting like Madison, that actually kind of scared me. Like Alicia is coming to the defense of Dakota the same way Madison did crazy psycho boy at the ranch. Troy. Yeah. Troy like, he was psycho. It, but Madison just wanted to, to defend him. And now Madison, and now Alicia's defending Dakota too. Ooh, that kind of scares me. Ooh. Wait, but, but, wait, this is under the assumption that Dakota is psycho, right? Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah. I mean, if, if you're saying that, <laughs> that Alicia is, you know, taking the same steps her mom did, or if Alicia's reminding you of how Madison was rescuing this, this defenseless person or standing by this person who's not so defenseless, but actually a giant psycho. <laughs> But again, we don't know that you can't operate that way. But here's but I say this only in as much as she was going to step into those those boots, let's say Madison, Madison's boots. Yeah. To, you know, taking Charlie back to the diamond until she decided against it. And so that's the thing, like, which is kind of like Morgan. Okay, she's and this is again, she sees Ed preserving something that doesn't really exist. You know, hell is repetition. And Ed, what Ed did was saying, I can do it again, I can make it safer. I can, you know, even though his the first one that he was trying to taxidermy is was the very one to kill um his wife and child mm -hmm. and yet he's like he's just hell's repetition he is emulating like i could have done it better i'll prove it to myself that i could have made this place safe i could keep i could keep people away scary people you know and and nobody can harm us and yet in the process of and this is like the same thing as madison you know building something up and it was the very means for them to get attacked you know it made it attractive for other people to attack the place i mean it's funny because he mentions the story and, he, and i can't understand i i I see when Ed, when I'm trying to figure out why Ed was trying to use the Rangers, like saying, oh, Virginia killed my people just like you. And I was thinking like, why would you do that? You know, and I wanted to ask you that first before I kind of maybe half-assed an explanation <laughs> for ha why he did that. But what do you think was going on there? Why did he feel like he had to lie about Virginia and the Rangers killed my family? Yeah, I, I, I think in that moment, the only thing I could make sense was that he was trying to convince them to stay there. He was trying to uh, come off as a victim or relate to Dakota so that she would sympathize with him and stay there. You know, he even says she wasn't going to leave until you told her it wasn't safe. So he's trying to make it safe by surrounding it with Walker. I don't know. This guy's a little off his rocker. He does things that right. doesn't don't really make sense. Maybe he's just desperate for human interaction. 
Or maybe just like what Morgan and Alicia were about to do. And this is what I came away with is like, you know, we were willing to sacrifice the truth in order to emulate this place of safety. You know, so like Alicia and Charlie were about to emulate this idea of, you know, of truth. So, okay, we have Dakota. Here she is. Leave us alone. And we're going to go to the diamond. So we're going to emulate this idea of safety. Meanwhile, are we are we not just doing the same thing over and over again and pretend that there's going to be a different result? You know, so we're going to go back to the diamond and pretend like this was the safest place in the world. No, you know, it's, it doesn't exist. And it's the same thing as Dwight and Sherry. What are you going to do? You're going to attack the Rangers and then sacrifice all our people just so they can get away. John was like so desperate to get away. He didn't think of what the possible ramifications were, which were made clear by, I think, Strand, I think was like, you don't understand if you went after Ginny, you would put all of our people at risk mm-hmm. you know, and you, you would be at risk. You would be gone and June wouldn't want that. None of our people would have wanted that. It doesn't work the way you think it's going to work. So in a sense, like, you know, what Alicia and Charlie, even if Virginia agreed to what Alicia and Charlie were proposing, it could have still put their people on the chopping block. Mm-hmm. She could decide like that to say, oh, you know, you got what you wanted, but now all your people are gone. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Ed says the same thing to Alicia. Whatever you're planning, it's not going to work out how you think it's going to. Right. I, I kind of, now that you bring that up, because this is Ed at death's door, having fought with Alicia uh, and Charlie, obviously, because Charlie has the the MVP <laughs> knock on the head. This is why she says <laughs> Charlie's the MVP. Uh, Alicia does like a double double foot kick and like pushes him onto this his antler chair and he gets impaled by the antlers. And this is one of the things that uh, uh, Sharon D, I think, says yeah. was uh, it is a reminder of like how Ennis was felled by Nick. You know, as they were fighting, he was pushed onto the antlers and Nick pushes him down. I remember that clearly. Like he, he pushed him further into the antlers. Mm-hmm. Um, so nice callback on that front too. So let me just say the thing exactly. Sharon just says it was appropriate that Alicia had the antlers given the Nick Ennis Charlie thing. Yeah, exactly. Which again, yeah, calls back how Charlie killed Nick, you know, and now Charlie is saving Alicia. Again, mm. if this wouldn't happen sort of situation, if this wouldn't have happened this way, uh, Charlie wouldn't have been there for Alicia that moment. Yeah. So it's really weird. Um, protecting Charlie, who became the downfall of the stadium, you know, say, so, you know, you were protecting. Yeah. And now Charlie's coming back with Alicia to protect the stadium. Nice callback. What Ed, Ed exactly says is you don't need to essentially he says you don't need to remit Dakota to protect yourself. You know, you're only going to make things worse. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you don't need to lie to pretend like you're going to keep people safe. You know, it's, <laughs> you're only lying to yourself. What essentially Alicia's doing with Dakota, keeping her safe in Morgan's safe place. Do you think that's w- better or worse than remitting Dakota? Because I, I am flipping back and forth. I don't know what the end game is. Or, or does Alicia decide in that moment that Strand is the pawn that she is willing to sacrifice mm-hmm. in this Queen's Gambit? Maybe. I mean, there and were a lot makes, of pawns in this episode. <laughs> yeah, but people you would have thought weren't pawns like i didn't think strand was a pawn until he became one alicia's or Ginny's. maybe maybe mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. i thought he was in a prime position which actually kind of when she says i guess you didn't think you were as important as you thought you were that <laughs> i liked that jab that, that seals it for yeah. me yeah. you know what i mean i like that jab i also wrote that ed ed sacrificed himself to save I mean, I would say Dakota. Dakota was probably his main focus. You know what I mean? The the cult, the whole Queen's Gambit line, the first time I thought was directed towards Ed and his sacrifice. But there's a lot, there's a lot more um, that we could apply that to. I feel like, you know, Strand, um, Alicia sacrificing Dakota, th- you know, things like that. Initially, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Morgan trying to as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wanted to make a s- 
small comment. Okay, in the when the episode opens and there's this big entourage guiding Dakota to a safe house. Uh, two funny things that I noticed: not Virginia, aka Samuels. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a little funny. Why is it always Ginger's leading the pack? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but an another funny thing that I noticed was uh, out of all the Rangers, Strand is the only one in skinny jeans. <laughs> <laughs> it was not it was noticeable it was just oh, like everybody's like big big ass cowboy boots and like you know <laughs> straight straight jeans straight fitting jeans or relaxed jeans <laughs> and like and like strand is in like skinny jeans and like chuck taylors or something like that <laughs> 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 and as Nisa says, he's got style. He does. Yep. <laughs> Swag king. Strand always has to stay stylish. Like it wasn't more. No it, like it was noticeable in the beginning, but like when you get to the end and he's like in the distance and Ginny is in the distance, <laughs> you, you see him like full stature, like just <laughs> you know, hand on his hip, you know, hip cocked to the side. <laughs> And yeah, the skinny jeans. Just nice. It's all I could see in that nice. moment. <laughs> Freaking Terry. Terry drove him to skinny jeans. Just kidding. I laughed pretty hard later when Morgan finally says that Dakota can join them, but he calls her Dakota. Lenny oh, James his accent. accent? Sneaked, yeah, his accent sneaked out. Yeah, his his accent came out a little bit there. I had I rewound it, it like five times. I'm like, I love it, Dakota, Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> we got the decoder. Yeah. Oh, maybe it means something. No, the decoder. It mean no, 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 it means his accent came out. <laughs> and I loved <laughs> it. <laughs> By the way, I know we mentioned this before, but like when I mentioned the fact that, that Morgan was relinquishing leadership, when he makes the decision to kind of follow Alicia, as they're walking away, there is this moment where it cuts back to him and he has this smile on his face. And I really, I was, this is, again, I was high last night, so I missed it. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. But like, I was seriously having like, Morgan is like the big bad vibes. And then like, I watched this again today and I'm like, okay, I see this smile. It's, he is, it's starting to click for him how this is going to happen. I have to, maybe it's not me. Maybe it can't mm -hmm. be me. I can't be the Moses leading people to the promised land. It's gotta yeah. be Alicia. It's gotta be Alicia. And he felt good about it. You could see on his face, he was, he felt good about it. Morgan doesn't smile. And yet yeah. season six is smiley Morgan all over right. the place. I really like that. I'm really glad Sharon D just said what she did. Cause I, I made a note of that too, that Go I think that's it. a pretty big deal. Sharon D saying when Morgan and Alicia were arguing and Alicia said something about Dakota. Yeah. The very first time she mentions Dakota and Morgan grabbed his wound. I think that I think that's a pretty clear indicator. I mean, that was we know these writers don't do anything uh, on accident. I I got the same feeling when she said Dakota, he reached under and started messing with his and she even said, "Are you okay?" And he's like, "Ah, yeah." I'm fine, you know. Right. But yeah, I, but what do you what do you think that means specifically? Like, what does that indicate with him? I think like, he does this. He does this the first time when he's offered um, baby Morgan. He's like, he, oh, I'm not, I'm quite there yet. <laughs> he's not. Well, I took that as emotionally ready. He wasn't emotionally ready. Physically, he was, but emotionally, he wasn't ready to hold on to a baby yet. Um, but in this situation, I almost feel like it's a subconscious thing for him. Like he says he doesn't know who helped him, but maybe he does. Like in the back of his mind he does remember something and when alicia says dakota he instinctually reaches for the wound to me well, hold that... up hold up a bit <laughs> this was the one note that i wrote down that was like clear as day dakota would have remembered helping morgan sure right but doesn't mean she's gonna step forward and say she did a teenager that would be more than happy to declare oh i saved you she noticed the clothes emile like why would you give that up you know mm -hmm. like that wouldn't that make you not trust her in a way because i felt like Who a does? weird who does trust Dakota? 
It's not about <laughs> us. <laughs> it's about them. Yeah. She just like blurted it out. So this is like, why wouldn't she blurt out that she helped Morgan? This is the one thing that, that made some another thing clear is like, I don't think she helped him. And if she didn't help him, who did? Mm -hmm. That's a big well, question. I, I know that the writers don't do anything on accident. And when Alicia said Dakota, Morgan reached for his wound. So it means something. Well, I this is what I thought with the wound. <laughs> I thought, you know, we're talking about things that we wouldn't normally want to do. I think there is, and Morgan does, is not comfortable with this doing this. And yet he feels like this is just like June. Okay. This is just like June. June was getting ready to not help Ginny with the infection, with the mm. bite and cutting off her, amputating her arm. It was visually uncomfortable for her, but she's like, I can't let, you know, I have to save John. I can't let him live like this, etc. Like the, what you're doing, you're, you're making people all fucked up. <laughs> it's like, nobody likes you. Nobody likes you, Ginny. You're just freckles and whatever. I'm getting personal, <laughs> but, but it's the same thing. Morgan is feeling that he has to do something he wouldn't normally do. June is doing something she would normally have to, wouldn't normally have to do. And yet we feel like we have to push past that pain in order to get things done get my people together it's that get my people together Hey, but <laughs> there we go. And, set my and people yeah. free. <laughs> let, let my people. I can see a production of is, him yeah. as Moses. Right. I would I would watch the shit out of that on, <laughs> on Passover. On Passover? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> so how but how does how does uh Morgan's wound relate back to um him uh what like reminding himself of the pain he he went through? I think I, I think it's just more like getting shot by Virginia is also so what does that mean? What does it mean to have been shot by Virginia trying to do what? Trying to protect his people. Also mm -hmm. trying to do things a certain way. Also thinking my way is the only way. There's also that too. You know, you're doing it like you're doing it again, Morgan. You're doing it again. My way is the only way, Morgan. You're doing See, it again. I like I, I like my theory, but you're starting to unravel it. So I could see Alicia mentioning Dakota and that being a reminder of Ginny for Morgan as well. That could be a reason yeah. he, yeah, because he knows. Yeah, oh, that's, that that's what I'm kind of saying also. Okay. But then there's also the other part. It's like, am I willing to? I know, but I like, I, mean, I like, I'm... I like my theory. <laughs> well, hold on. Well, this is, it's good that we, that we even mentioned that close your eyes is the big reminder of this place like okay the 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 mausoleum that is a family that once was mm. you know that the the tomb let's say it, it essentially was is what it was it was a tomb for this family you know obviously an animated tomb until we, alicia came in and knocked them you know killed them all down but <laughs> but essentially though it, it you go back and you see morgan and it's like okay am i and morgan who specifically saved charlie in season four you know protected i think you're what this is all about you know you are the center of all this aren't you well i'm not gonna let you get hurt you know even though nick and all that stuff right mm -hmm. so so but having done that um is he willing to is he willing to change that much and he's recognizing this am i willing to change this much am i willing to sacrifice charlie number two version 2.0 <laughs> am i willing to go that far and so yeah. that's why i feel like that hurts it's kind of like a reminder of saying uh, 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 don't do don't no or is this something he has to push past do i have to push past the pain in order to get get what i need to get done yeah I to be I like 17 what, different somebodies. I like what Sharon D saying, though. If Dakota is smart enough to manipulate everyone, she's smart enough.
enough to know when to keep quiet. I think that's really important. Now, I mm. I think Dakota was coming with this group no matter what. And here's why I say that when they were burying Ed and Morgan comes out and says what he does, he offers two bits of information that he should not have said out loud. And Morgan, after he right? said that, okay. yep, after he said that, I went, Dakota cannot, cannot go back, cannot go back because he told to Dakota. Ginny? Yeah, Dakota cannot go back to Jenny because Morgan told her that Alan Dwight were alive. Right. Two of her, which she offered in the beginning was two of her scouts are dead, etc. Oh my God. Yeah. Yep. So she has to come back with him. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Ooh, yep. interesting. And I like that Sharon D's bringing up the fact that Dakota knows when to keep quiet. So why wouldn't she voice, up, you know, speak up and say, hey, I'm the one that saved Morgan? Because she's not willing to give up that information yet. She is manipulative and she is holding this information close to her, close to herself. Interesting. Okay. So if we operate on that theory, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Dakota would know when to talk too much and when to when to peep just a little bit and talk much later mm -hmm. like, so that she doesn't throw people off her scent, like quiet, reserved, thinking about things, manipulating, mm -hmm. etc. Okay. So <laughs> I'll go, I'll listen, I'm going to go with any theory. There's only... Anything's so possible. My only, my only, my only problem is that there, I have to work in two modes. What I think might happen, right? And then also what we have to work with, right? Because now we're in theory land where we don't have any concrete indicators to operate, no. but we have, <laughs> we're forming like causation or uh, correlation, right? We're correlating factoids that may equal to causation. Let's say enough <laughs> evidence to form a hypothesis. And now I think we have a little bit more to go on, but let's keep that there. I like it. We're, we'll water that plant every now and again. We'll see how it grows. But yeah, working in this land. No, I just, I like what you're saying. I like what you're saying because it makes, it makes a lot of sense. And, and which further actually elucidates the fact that you know morgan is smart morgan alicia is smarter oh it's yeah like, okay no matter what no matter what you do you still have to keep her because she cannot go back to but i want to bring another factoid which puts me back in your camp of let's water this plant a little bit more mm. because strand says this in the beginning you're a font of sisterly love dakota right yeah and she says you don't know the half of it <sighs> why does she say that why does she say that <sighs> I don't know. I was that stuck on that sucks. line for a long time. I was I was stuck on that for a long time. Like, is it sarcastic? Is she being sarcastic? Or does she mean it? I can't tell. And still, like, look at this. Oh, my God. Look at this. Uh, look at where she asks him, are you still planning to do the thing? Mm -hmm. Come on. I don't know what you're talking about. Sure which gets don't. me to start... <laughs> Which which gets me to start thinking, you know, Strand doesn't quite trust her ease either. Right. Strand isn't as dumb as we take him for either. She's he doesn't yeah. know where Dakota stands either. Like maybe well, after because of everything that might have happened in his episode, he's like, I don't know why did it shake out the way it did. You know, something doesn't feel right. Right? What is what is what is Ginny willing to sacrifice to keep Dakota safe? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. Mm. Which I'm saying this because she, would she sacrifice her own Rangers to illustrate a point about? Strand's devotion, let's say, to illustrate a point of, oh, you're the army guy. You're the guy that's going to lead the army against the threat that's out there, this person for the big show. So would mm -hmm. she would she sacrifice all those rangers just to to prove a point in order to keep Dakota safe? And that almost turned sideways. Yeah, and man. Why, why I'm saying this is because she has a lot of rangers protecting Dakota right now and putting her in the safe house. And maybe all of this is not for Dakota. Maybe all of this is for Strand. I mean, they kind of mention it now. I don't think she trusts either of us. Yeah. Hey, you Dakota, Dakota did not run away, but Strand 
also. Mm-hmm. So maybe, and maybe, in, and if that's true, Morgan coming in and taking care of those Rangers might have just kept Strand safe in some weird way. Like if they were there to monitor Strand, let's say. Mm-hmm. But you know, you still keep Dakota alive because Dakota has all the information to bring back to Ginny at some point. Yeah. And what would the irony be of Dakota still being with Ginny? And we, we talked about close your eyes in this one. And who is Charlie, right? Mm-hmm. Would Dakota ultimately be just like Charlie in the diamond? Like to be to to be the one to walk away back to Ginny saying, <laughs> they're over there. They're over there. Right. Why don't you get them now? I can tell you how. Yeah. Crazy. I, Mirror yeah. image of Charlie. It could happen that way. Absolutely. <sighs> I think they're trying they're they're trying to get us to sympathize with Dakota and and trust her and I just I just don't yet. It's rough. I mean, because now we have like three different scenarios. Okay, like Dakota really is who she says she is and blah blah blah, right? This is the obvious what they're trying to make us see. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just trying to get away from Jenny. She killed my parents. Did you believe maybe, that? Maybe. I I I thought and this is maybe high brain still. Okay, but I wrote down in my notes I said, what if Jenny is actually Dakota's mom? And they she did that whole thing where her parents were really her grandparents thing you know how, how sometimes it oh. shakes out when you have a, a child a, a teenage like maybe dakota doesn't mom. know yeah that that, that maybe jenny's her mom hmm. instead maybe right? maybe i just i called dakota a liar i was screaming at her you killed your parents not jenny <laughs> Well, okay. I mean, even even still, right? So, which is interesting. You literally killed your grandparents, and Ginny is actually your mom. I I didn't have that thought, but um, I mean that it's I, I totally plausible. Because... Sure. Why would Ginny keep up the charade if the par- if the grandparents are dead and Ginny is truly Dakota's mother? Why wouldn't she end that charade and just and tell her? Um, why Why wouldn't we have a connection if we walk into the world beyond? Once you keep up that lie, mm-hmm. you just have to keep gaslighting everybody, you know, and then. You know what's it for at the in the end? I mean, does it? This is one of those things where I'm I I would worry if if telling that secret would cause a damage and rift between Ginny and child. Let's say okay, that's a t- that's probably the the toughest one because when is the right time yeah. to tell? Well. You know? <sighs> The right time to tell would have been after the the parents slash grandparents died. But if she didn't do that, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's it's obviously anything is possible. Anything, absolutely anything. Right, right. Um, I'm, I'm just this is a this is a thought. <laughs> this is not based on anything at all. I mean, yeah. I do think that when Virginia was on death's door with June, let's just say the way she was going about it was kind of like you know it's all been it's all been about Dakota, like fighting so hard for your sister. Let's say it's all been mm-hmm. about keeping her safe. Like, and, I, and then I thought, let's replace sister with daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, and then and then. I, all of a sudden the pieces started to fit like Ginny as a reflection for June, you know, uh, June's daughter Rose is the reflection of Dakota that. And so I was like, Oh my God, that makes mm-hmm. way more sense. The, the, the vociferousness of her trying to keep this thing up. Isn't just for a sister. It's for a daughter, hmm. you know? I'm And, and I was just like, <laughs> okay, let's play with that, put that away. But like, let's just have that now in the back of our mind that maybe that's the case. And if that's the case, the motivations are actually way like much, much more clear, like in some ways, but then do you have like a mother daughter, a relationship or maybe she knows maybe dakota knows that she's her mother instead of sister <laughs> i don't know which makes I don't things, know. which makes which this and this is so we described the ostensive nature of dakota saying who she says she is blah blah blah. there's that which we want to they want to lead us down fine then there's the other two parts complete psycho which again we don't have we have like less to go on on that front our initial observation than anything else now but then we have the third thing which is you know jenny and dakota are in cahoots completely sisterly love Mm. You don't know the half of it. Mm-hmm. Me is a double entendre, maybe like sisterly love, bitch. He's my, she's, she's my mother. <laughs> but like, but like also like, this is all a long con. Again, another connection to the walking to the world beyond. This is a mm-hmm. long con. 
playing the part of the the person who wants freedom, checking, you know, making sure Victor is trustworthy, finding out where their lair is, you know, I need a place yeah. to stay, maybe even knowing this guy's place. I, I don't know, you know, maybe this yeah. being an elaborate plan. I don't know. But I don't I don't like how general Dakota's being and like, oh, I just need to get away from my sister. Well, why? Like specifically why? Because she's annoying? Because I mean, are you a typical teenager and just don't like being told what to do? Like, why is it so bad? You it sounds like you pretty much have freedom. Like you pretty much get to do whatever the hell you want. Why is this so bad? And she's not she yeah. hasn't been specific about it. And you're which right. Is why I'm not you're buying right. it. Right, right. That that is a really, really good point. Let's look at the motivations, like, right? Is it just because she runs things a particular way that makes people everybody else feel safe or unsafe or whatever like takes advantage of people like is it just that is it like typical teenager who wants freedom like liberté <laughs> like which again like which is actually very interesting because one of the songs that does play in this episode thank you for the segue capability <laughs> <laughs> was uh um yeah, Tonight You Belong. No, that's not the one. It was actually the one when Ed was actually calling his walkers back to demonstrate the oh. keeping everybody safe thing. Finlandia. Which was, right. Uh, well, it's specifically it's Finlandia Finland. Opus 26, specifically, yep. by mm -hmm. Finnish composer John Sibelius. This is uh, 1899-1900. It's a covert protest against censorship from the Russian Empire and was named different things so the Russians wouldn't catch wind of being played at the concerts. So they would sneak it in to every single little concert. And it became most, one of the most important songs in Finnish history. But also, did you get the connection? Was also played in The Walking Dead at Season 7, Episode 5 at Hilltop. What? When the saviors used it, uh, well, it was playing in that parked hatchback that the saviors had, you know, that they busted through in Hilltop to attract oh. all the walkers to take it down. Oh, oh yeah. And okay. Sasha, okay. And Sasha and Maggie happened to be there. Uh-huh. Whoa. Isn't that freaking wild? That is wild. <laughs> to be yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I was lucky to find that was like that last little factoid before I backed out of the page. I'm like, whoa. But it's been played in many different several it's several different things. It just happened to be that was one of those things. Mm -hmm. But it's supposed mm -hmm. to mean like, okay, it, like literally Ginny and the Russians, let's say, red. Right. <laughs> yeah. Red. And then um the uh and then, you know, trying to Finland basically trying to get out from under that boot. So I, I it's very cool. It's very creepy, yeah. obviously. It's very, very <laughs> creepy. <laughs> oh, okay. So Sharon, he wants us to go straight to the other song. <laughs> okay. All right. This one, um, this was, was interesting. Well, both uh, Tonight You Belong to Me and, and let's Jeepers get, Creepers, let's... I think, were um, came out in like the 1920s. So they, they were both all from like sort of yeah, the same I era. So. Mm -hmm. I thought that was yeah. really cool. Picking songs what? that, you know, came out that around, around the same, the same time. time period, right? Mm -hmm. The Roaring Twenties, right? Yeah. Okay. I thought that was but cool. What, what, and it, it's almost like in, in reverse, though, because the, the Opus 26, uh, Finland the opus 26 was like you go in reverse it's the 1900s so the end is the beginning right <laughs> uh. and then you go backwards <laughs> the, the, the years kind of go up but um let's let's give everybody the context when you hear these songs it's alicia creeping into the house much in the same way she crept into the same to that house in close your eyes which i was like dying from i'm like oh this is so similar this is so similar to that episode yeah and then you know she's creeping around the house she's hearing the song in the background and then obviously this when she's looking into the uh, from the landing down into the operating room, let's say, 
which is okay. very creepy, but also kind of cool. Um, the song switches over at some point just before she gets stabbed in the neck with the, with the methohexatol. Did you read up on this? Yes. Okay. It's the fast acting anesthetic, but has short lived effects. Right. Okay. Only used in hospital or similar settings. So he lied about being using for hunting. Um, it's for deep sedation and surgery and dental procedures, lowers the seizure threshold, but it's a property that makes it particularly useful when a seizure is provided for an electro electroconvulsive therapy. Mm. So electroshock. Jeez. Right. I didn't, I didn't read that. So much. I thought that was, <laughs> which this is like, as I'm like watching this episode, oh, is this the mortician guy? Oh, is this, you know what I mean? Like, is this the guy, right? The guy, yeah. the end of the beginning guy? He was put in the nut hat, like in obviously the sun. So it can't be the, the same guy. So that was, that's which, funny. Cause when Alicia and Charlie are outside and they take down the, the, the patched up walker, I don't, I just call him patchy. And, yeah. and Charlie's Scaly like, wolf man. <laughs> Charlie's like, like they, he must be a crazy person. I'm like, yeah crazy like the kind that embalm walkers <laughs> right while they're alive or evol embalm people while they're alive right because mortician taxidermist I, like it, our minds were kind of just going a little crazy Ooh. this is what really made me start to think oh my god they're gonna make borg in the big bad because like i was thinking like it took him a little longer than i would have liked for him to say was that you in tank town alicia was asking just after oh. learning that he killed all those rangers it it, it made me very uncomfortable the hesitation and, well, yeah was that you <gasps> no it was not I'm like, I'm like, but you should have answered quicker. <laughs> I, th I felt the same thing. Yeah. So like the misdirect of it not being the mortician and maybe all the people that ever followed him was dead. And this, this is, again, this is the beginning of the episode I'm thinking this, right? <laughs> and, and then like bringing it back to here and I'm like, oh my, is he using the idea of the end as the beginning guys, borrowing it mm. to make Ginny feel threatened, right? Mm -hmm. And so is he still doing that and has nothing to do with the taxidermist thing? Is he still doing that? And if he he is he's convincing people uh in different communities that he, first of all he's alive and to sacrifice themselves second so like page at the mill uh the lady with the razor blade finger fingers uh in mm -hmm. tank town and then and how does that make him any different than strand right willing to sacrifice certain people or get them to sacrifice themselves like janice sacrifice themselves for the greater good mm -hmm. quote unquote, <laughs> quote unquote. Quote unquote. anyway to bring you back to the song you see the operators creeping the house this song plays tonight Night You Belong to Me, originally written by Billy Rose and Lee David. It was originally performed in 1926. Well, the band was called what, though? Prudence uh, and Patience. Yes, that was the 1956 uh, rendition by Oh, version? Okay, my bad. Yep, Prudence and Patience in 1956. Oh, um, wow. I know, I know. You belong to somebody new, but tonight you belong to me. Although, <laughs> <laughs> although, although we're apart, you're part of my heart. And tonight you belong to me. Way down by the stream, how sweet it will seem. Once more, just to dream in the moonlight. My honey, I know with the dawn that you will be gone. But tonight you belong to me way down along the stream how very very sweet it will seem once more just to dream in the silvery moonlight my honey i know with the dawn that you will be gone but tonight you belong to me just to little old me that's the whole song <laughs> does that make me does it, so like at first it's very creepy but then like as i go as we go through it maybe it just like ed it's kind of like it, it is kind of sweet like I, knowing I it, that yeah it is a very sweet song you know loving somebody you know just for tonight i i you know Tomorrow, I know you'll be gone, but tonight you're mine. That's all he had. It is all he had. It's a very sweet song, but I I put a very dark meaning to it, and and it and I turned it not so sweet. This was oh, like to me to me this was Ed <laughs> singing to the Walkers. <laughs> 
Oh my God. <laughs> tonight, you're, tonight you belong to me. He's creating these monsters and they belong to him. I mean, he even says it later in the episode. I'm calling back my creations. I'm bringing them back to me. <laughs> So Shannon hit throughout this episode of saying, oh, I thought there were more John and June lyrics non non in a non-creepy way, though. And I'm like, <laughs> no. Nah. And see, I wouldn't want them to be just for one night, right? So, and, and Nisa says, psychos listen to that. <laughs> Bundy probably thought it was sweet. Yeah, I'm like, sure Bundy did. Excuse me. Like, I'm from an earlier era, so we thought that was sweet. <laughs> <laughs> the song Maybe itself not you. is. Yeah, the song itself is. But when you apply it to what's happening in the scene. So yeah, <laughs> it, it is reflexive. Like, there's two things can be going on here and two things could be true. Like, Yes, it is very creepy uh, in the context of that moment. Very, very yeah. creepy. But uh, but then it, it, there is like a, a sweet sheen to it. Like it's yeah. it does make you look back at Ed and thinking about maybe what he did. And look, he didn't really like aside from drugging Alicia, which was really sus. I like, mean, she end, also broke the... into his house. She broke That's into true. where he was staying. So where he was trying on, to keep the his... safe. Yeah, I'm on his side for that moment. Mm -hmm. Interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and him deciding to do what was right at the end anyway. I mean, that really makes the song the sweet song that it turns out to be and mm -hmm. gives it like in a way gives it a, a better context than maybe the original <laughs> song was intended like there's like a sweet tragicness to it that yeah what that isn't really there in the song yeah you know it is but it isn't right however there's there's no missing the interpretation of the next song i think it means mm, one yeah. thing and one thing only <laughs> yeah this is jeepers creepers by django reinhardt <laughs> Very oh, early in the, the century. I had the po the Pupini sisters. Did they just do a, a different version? Oh yeah, that was the that was the sisters who did the later version. I think. Okay, all right, all right. So I just grabbed, I <laughs> Nisa says, "Oh, Bing Crosby." No, it sounds like Bing Crosby, mm. but it's it's Django Reinhardt. Uh, and Bing Crosby is later on. You're talking about like fifties, sixties. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. This was this was also in the early nineteen uh, hundreds. It actually sounded way different too. So it's uh, I don't care what the weatherman says. When the weatherman says it's raining, you'll never hear me complaining i'm certain the sun will shine so i like that part of the song like it's like nothing's gonna get me down you know yep. fuck the weather man i don't care how the weather vane points when the weather vane points to gloomy it's gotta be sunny to me when your eyes look into mine jeepers creepers where'd you get those peepers jeepers peepers where'd you get those eyes gosh all get up how'd they how'd they get all lit up gosh <laughs> All get up. How how they get that size? Which it's so it's so upsetting that this song became the number one creepy <laughs> song in all these fucking horror films too. Because all the guy is saying is, "You light up my world." Yeah. <laughs> yep. You know how did yeah, you? Yeah, this get is those, actually a really those, sweet song too. But it's supposed to be a really it's sweet song to be. <laughs> And especially that version of the song too. It's like it's not like two two ladies singing it later on. We find you know the two ladies are singing the sister like, Jeepers, yeah. right? Exactly. <laughs> anyway, and it becomes like the number one Halloween playlist song too. Right. <laughs> so it's golly gee, when you turn those heaters on, woe is me. Got to put my cheaters on. So what are cheaters again? I can't Glass, remember what that is. Glasses. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha, glasses, gotcha. Cheapest yeah. uh, creepers. Where'd you get those peepers? Oh, those weepers. How they hypnotize. <laughs> Where'd you get those eyes? Yeah, and I think sweet. And I think everybody noticed the taxidermied eyeballs on the walkers this episode. <laughs> all those, by the way, all those walkers, their eyes were removed. This is what was killing me about um, 
Alaska is those, and this is what, oh God, it's not literally the same way, but like the, the, whoever did the, the hit job on all those people living in the, uh, the funeral home, mm-hmm. the, did you end up going back and seeing the eyes of those walkers? I, how they I looked didn't. like alive? I didn't. You yet. really do. I didn't. Yet. It, it's so creepy. Ugh. They look like human eyes. But again, the two people, the, whoever these two people are, Ed and whoever this person is out there doing whatever they're doing, they both scoop out the eyes and put in like scary, well, Ed put in scarier eyes and stuff like that, like multicolored green and yellow eyes. And then obviously the demon walkers that came in in the end, all red eyed and bug eyed yeah. and all that stuff. Oh, so awesome. Well, well, here's, I mean, Ed was working with taxidermy supplies. So you're talking about animal eyeballs. Animal eyeballs don't look like people eyeballs. They're different colors, right. different shapes, different, you know, so I could see those are automatically going to look scarier because they're animal eyes on people. <laughs> yeah. But what this mortician did was like, oh, I'm going to make them look like people. I'm going to, so I'm going to wire their mouths shut and, and, and make them unsuspecting. So did he put, does it look like there's glass eyes in there? Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah, he actually took creepy. human eyes. Well, like, yeah. you know what, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm sure if he had more time, he would have like embalmed them as well. But then maybe he figured out with the last one, oh, I got to do that when they're, I got to do it when, while they're alive. So mm. creepy. That is so creepy. Mm-hmm. I want that to come back. Like we can't lose focus on this, whoever this mortician guy is. <sighs> right. I mean, unless it becomes like a red herring, like one of those things like, oh, he, you know, oh, Morgan killed him back on the, <laughs> on the road. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Um, well, let's, let's go to some comments. <laughs> Nisa, it's creepy. The jar of eyes. Oh, and Sharon, he says the jar of eyes next to Alicia cracked me up. Uh, Nisa says <laughs> like, I was born with my eyes. What you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Who would ask me that creep? <laughs> His work is amazing. Perfect demon walkers. Yeah. So, so again, Nisa's not falling for these these old timey songs. <laughs> only a creeper would, would say, "You're with me only for a night." Only a creeper would say, "Where'd you get those peepers?" <laughs> uh, like, yeah. Nisa, we're not in sync today. This is uh, this is it's upsetting. It's upsetting. Like, <laughs> like you know, we're not in the same. I thought you were old timey like me. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> The reason why Ed is able to get up so quickly is two reasons, right? Um, remember when when Charlie said, "Oh, I knocked out Ed." Oh yeah. You know, oh, uses his medicine against him. Yeah. It was like one, of course, he didn't hit the vein, but mm-hmm. two, even if she had, he wouldn't have been knocked out for long because it's methylhexadol. It would have been five to seven minutes for him to recover. Like if she, even if she had administered it right, and then thirty minutes for it to completely vanish from your system. Oh geez. Yeah. That was another. That was that was another factoid. Yeah. It makes it a very effective effective anesthetic for sh- really short surgeries. You know, like. So that's why they mentioned dental, mm-hmm. you know, because you want to be able to, okay, first of all, like, let's say you're driving to the dentist, you want to be able to get it out of your system like in a half an hour. Right. <laughs> so, um, and even then it's just this general fogginess <laughs> and it dissipates <laughs> on the heels of that. So Sharon, says, I want to use my Game of Thrones reference on Charlie. I could totally dig her as Fear's version of Arya, the little badass faceless assassin, which, yeah, why not? She, this is a chameleon. And I really do keep, keep hoping that she, they bring her up, you know, having her use her strengths mm-hmm. to be something that she, like that hint call back to what the person she was into like the person she can become with those skills being the new person appreciating people for who they are mm-hmm. and, and trusting people too especially in cool. close your eyes 2.0 okay so let's talk about the song though uh, okay, so the song is called Lonesome Rambler Blues oh. by the American Swing Ensemble. Again, I think it's like another 20s 
type Definitely. of type of song. Well, the only thing I really took out of this was that Ed <laughs> Ed was sort of talking about his blues while the blues was playing. <laughs> well, the playing chess with his family. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, the, one of the things that I found fascinating about what he was saying at the time was that the reason why they played chess that time in the game room when they were stuck in there was that it was raining the entire weekend or whatever week that they were out there. Mm-hmm. And that, that actually brought me right back to close your eyes again, because what was happening on the outside was that typhoon, the Walker NATO that was going out oh, there, yeah. was which is why they had time. to take shelter, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. So I thought that was kind of prescient, you know, the flooded basement, the windows that were crashing in with walkers, you know, the bird that fell down from the flute, all this, all this, and the bird, again, the bird that was stuck in the flu was a crow or like a raven. Mm. One of the first taxidermied things that she sees is a crow. It's like call back there. Mm. Oh, okay. So Sharon is saying, uh, Charlie prying open the window upstairs to go out made me think of her opening the window and offering to let the walker bite her in close your eyes. But now she's opening it to save everybody. <laughs> Again, like I love these little reflections and callbacks. Oh, oh we forgot one more callback. This is the <laughs> sweetest thing and that nobody actually ever remembers. What What is Strand's sign for Alicia for when Dakota is safely in her clutches? The three clicks? Yeah, the three clicks. That is also a callback to season four. Oh. So when when um, Madison is in trouble and she and she's at gunpoint with Naomi, mm. let's say, her one of her first tells for this three clicks things is she does the three clicks and Strand knows, oh, she can't talk. She's in trouble. So that's that's where they know she they have to meet up with her at whatever point she's at. Yeah. And so that was one of them. When we start doing the flashback of how Madison found the rest of this is like episode eight where we get the um the meeting with Althea and eventually she's let go and she has the kimchi noodles to take with her to wherever <laughs> she's going to go and she finds the diamond. But first she finds her, you know, Alicia, Nick, and Strand in this motel. And that's her signal for them to come out with three clicks. Mm-hmm. It's it's me. Come out. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I like that. Like that little callback. And she's like, Yeah, I know the drill. <laughs> I liked um that Alicia asked Ginny for a fresh start, like what Silas has been asking for. Yeah, yeah. That is such a cool world beyond connection. Mm-hmm. A fresh start. Where are you going to go? Wherever I want, bitch. <laughs> I love, oh, thank you too. Because Alicia says, you know, you got to let us go. No questions asked. And then she immediately asks a question. Where are you going to go? <laughs> yeah. I, I thought I said no questions, I said bitch. No questions asked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I also like the way Alicia pronounces Virginia. <laughs> Help me out. What did, how did she say that? Is that how she said it? Yeah. Virginia, not Virginia, Virginia. <laughs> you can't take the Aussie out of the star. Right? Yeah. Can't, can't do it. it. <laughs> just like, uh, just like decoder. Decoder, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the chickens are coming home to roost. People outside the U.S. trying to pretend to be Americans. Uh, mm we ain't going to let you. We- I like it. <laughs> Aluminum. <laughs> Aluminium. Aluminium. <laughs> so Shandy actually also says, did you notice the confrontation with Strand, how Charlie kind of stood up straight mm. when she when she decided to go back to Alicia? Mm-hmm. It is a very impressive move. Like, I'm with Alicia, do or die kind of thing. But, oh, my God, that is a very interesting thing. Ed, Ed yeah. died just like Beta, hands in the air, just holding his arms out and letting them take him. That was uh, Sharon's comment, too. Yep. It's good that you look at you with the, the Walking Dead references. <laughs> look at you. Interesting. Yeah. It's no longer like a fear reference. like Or Game of Thrones reference. Or Better Call 
Paul Saul reference. There's a little TWD universe in you. That's right. <laughs> and, he, and he's just like, hands in the air, just like you don't care. <laughs> oh, I think he cared. I feel like I, the, like the more this episode is over, I feel more bad for Ed than anything. Like it is, it, it is annoying that he had to replicate. And I, and this is some, oh my God. Like, can we go back? Let me take a step back. Wow. Okay. I just, I saw it because I heard my words in my head in season four. <laughs> Let's use the Wayback Machine. Okay. What did Ed, what was Ed essentially trying to do? Ed just needed a win, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. I remember saying these words about Alicia in the episode just after where Madison dies. You got, now you got The Walking Dead. Sorry, Fear the Walking Dead season four, episode nine, where she's going after the guy, uh, the AG Lumber guy. So the guy who's tacking notes on these Walker bodies, walking out of this AG Lumber factory and Morgan is following her just to kind of make sure she's safe. And she's like, if I can help somebody, it's the same parallel. If I just help this one somebody maybe all the bad will be worth it but it's gone the past is dead you know there's no going back and so i'm like wow ed essentially was just trying to do the same thing. he was trying to replicate the circumstances in which he could keep his family safe or somebody safe mm -hmm. and it's the same past it, like repeating itself but this time for ed for alicia back then i'm like i i didn't occur to me just just now i'm like of course alicia knows knows exactly what's going on here yeah yeah you know, to keep his family safe i mean i felt bad that that ed died but in the moment i thought you know he's going out with with purpose this is what he tried to do for his family and now he has the opportunity to <sighs> to save somebody you know he's putting himself at risk offering himself up as a sacrifice to finally do who else did that who else did that oh god lots of people who who specifically who does this exactly oh my god i'm getting emotional Ugh. who did this exactly emulate don't cry over madison, madison. <laughs> madison. don't shed it but it's over madison but it, but it, but it's the sadness of ed like coupled with the sacrifice yeah it it, it, yeah. it didn't hit me until just now like oh my god he let the walkers in she let the walkers in to the diamond he let the walkers in so that they could distract him mm -hmm. long enough for them to get away that was, no if he would have just it's, it hits you it hits you rougher when you didn't really see it initially if he would have just That's waited like 10 more minutes morgan probably could have cleared all of them and everybody'd be alive <laughs> right but like ed like the, ed says it about alicia he says it didn't scare you right right but that's a, but that's a, but that's about it it would scare everybody else and it i think it has that's the thing and, and of course sharon D with the clinch maybe ed is madison <laughs> as i'm saying who does that remind you of uh-huh that that hit me hard because I didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming, and that was big. Oh man, you know, and the parallels of 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 Dakota mentioning he played chess. She was playing chess with her father, and then he mentioning that he would teach his daughter chess and the the safe place that they thought it was going to be, but it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Mentioning the diamond near the end that I was exactly going to do that, and then it turning out not the way we wanted it to be, and repeating history, you know, wanting to repeat history, and yet seeing what happened to Ed reminding her of Madison, not not saying it in words, but reminding him, reminding her of like exactly what happened, which is why she's not willing to make that mistake again. It's like, I can't see the same thing twice and expect a different result. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I saw the latter comment and then I was like, wait, what are you talking about, Fajitas? Dwight is Fajitas' father. Fajitas. <laughs> I think she means Ed. Oh, Dakota's. Dakota. Dwight is Dakota's father. No. I, okay. No? I thought for a split second. So Ginny and he knocked boots somehow? For a split second, I thought we were going to find out Ed was Dakota's dad. And that was why she ended up there. <laughs> 
for a hot second, I thought maybe that could have been it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dakota killed my parents. Oh, well, what if Ed is Jenny's lover? <laughs> but not. That's a, that's a thing, right? It could be. But like, why not? Yeah, it's my sister. Obviously, no, it's your mother. See, which I want actually to makes the lo- that, but I just don't see the. I don't see the purpose. But you do. But you do be- because <laughs> it makes Ed's lie a lot better. So right? telling this story about how he played chess with his daughter Emily, who was actually Dakota, but Dakota doesn't remember that she's really Emily. I you get I'm so backwards right now. Because how old do we think Dakota is? I think she plays like a fifteen. Oh, that young? I was thinking sixteen, but yeah, because she's actually nineteen. I Maybe fifteen. Nineteen. The actresses? Yeah. Oh, I have. I don't know. I, I have, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think she's playing like a. She definitely older than fifteen. Like fifteen, maybe sixteen. She's definitely playing somebody that age. I'm terrible at. But ages, um. So I. I could be. She. She could be twelve for all I know. I'm terrible at guessing ages. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and how could she not remember her father? Yeah. Like yeah. so maybe five or six years ago. Yeah. Hey, if she is sixteen or fifteen, like oh, what is she nine? Remember her? Forgets her father's face. No, not likely. Not likely. Not likely. That would be an interesting turnaround, but like, or maybe she does. Oh my fucking God. Maybe she does, but doesn't say anything. And maybe he doesn't know what she looks like now. That's it's been six years or five years. Oh my God. What if she keeps quiet? What if this is her last month? But what if she's so focused on her mission? I'm sorry. I have to go there. (laughs) But she's so focused on her mission. She doesn't tell him that, that, that he's her father. He's her father. She recognizes him. He doesn't recognize her. So who's Emily? Did did Dakota change her name? Emily is the is his daughter. Yeah, Emily. Yeah, maybe his daughter. He, who, who what if Virginia's not really his name? All, her name also. That's the, that's what made made it seem like. Okay, remember Virginia, two states: West Virginia, Virginia, and then Dakota, North Dakota, South Dakota. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is the dual name reference. It's like, okay, your name is really Emily, and you're Dakota, and this is these are names that Jenny gave to her. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. Hey, we're trying to make the pieces fit. And listen, I recognize. <laughs> I'm trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. That's all I'm trying to do right now. I can't blame me. Crazier things have happened, so I can't say no. I mean, I heard that Dwight is Fajita's father. That's right. Dwight fathered it. So anything is possible. Oh, I wish I could. (laughs) That is such a quotable. Dwight is Fajita's father. It's like... And then, and then Sharon to go, what the fuck, Fajita? Freaking spick it to text. <laughs> I just have to say it the way it was written. Spick to text. Right. Not making things better. <laughs> Not making anything better. I'm very hot now. Is, oh my gosh. In a cold house, I'm very hot. <laughs> t-shirt doesn't help i don't know why uh, nisa where, where's the where's the sharon d translator what do you what do you make of this <laughs> <laughs> sharon d says you'll never look at fajitas the same way i'll just see dwight's face right? dwight's mangled face <laughs> oh, oh and then dakota sorry there is one more thing i want to bring up and i don't know if you saw this or if maybe it means absolutely nothing when alicia and charlie meet up with strand and samuels and they get off their mm-hmm. their horses. I, I don't remember whose horse it is. I it, I don't. It might not even matter. But there's a, a a symbol on the horse, like drawn on the horse, and it's a G with a J in the middle of it. Oh, G, like a like a like a like an emblem of some kind, or like a yeah, logo. Like, it's like uh, it's white. So I mean, they could have drawn it on there, like with chalk or something. It wasn't. Was it brand or was it uh, like on on the saddle or how did it look? It was on the horse. It wasn't a brand. It didn't 
didn't look like a burn. It wasn't like branded on the horse. It was painted it, on the horse. It looked like it was painted right on the horse's rump. Mm-hmm. Not on the saddle, but on the horse itself. So it's Jenny Jones. <laughs> we cracked the code. <laughs> Kidding, I don't know. What if, wait, that would be kind of funny if Jenny's last name was Jones, Virginia Jones. Virginia Jones. You're like, no, you're not a Jones. You can't carry that name. It's my name. But again, mirror reflections. Yeah. But if it if it were Jenny's initials, why wouldn't it, she go with V for Virginia instead of Jenny? <laughs> you were about to say something. I almost fun. did. Um, <laughs> The je- uh, oh, sorry. But you're right. Yeah, you're exactly right, though. Yeah, it would be Virginia, rather. Yeah. Mm. But I just, I, it could mean absolutely nothing. It it might mean mm. nothing. Because <laughs> it's definitely not Samuels, right? There's no S on there anywhere. Nope. nope. And this is and this is on one of the horses that either, wait. Well, Ginny's with a G, by the way. Right. Uh, so it would be GG. So Ginny Grimes, she's saying, Charity. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> That's funny. It, there was to- that theory. I think she, I think Charity had that, that theory, though. I think that, that Virginia might be Rick's mm-hmm. one of Rick's family members, which would throw a whole wrench into this whole equation. Right. Charlie and Alicia approach Strand and Samuels on horseback, right? They're on horses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Slowly, yes. So it's one of their horses. It's either Char- it's either Charlie or Alicia's horse that that has the symbol on it. No one's telling me they saw the same thing. <laughs> I even like drew it. I drew the symbol in my notes so I wouldn't forget. <laughs> Okay, well, you know what we didn't talk about necessarily was the standoff between Strand. Not, you know, like that that moment where Strand pulls out the gun is like, you know, that this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. What? What? I I need to get the the Rachel reaction because I might have had a similar one. Um. Okay. Not not so important, are you? <laughs> so this is this is where I have to sort of separate what I want and what's good for the story, right? <laughs> okay. Right. Well, sure. But yeah, let's start with what you want. <laughs> what I what I wanted was for Alicia to jab that through Strand's throat. <laughs> mm, okay. But let's drill down on why, because what were you feeling in that moment with Strand? Well, I was feeling that Strand was not going to let them go. He was going to take uh, Dakota by any means necessary, and Alicia was going to have to end him in order to save Dakota. Right. Which, again, just to kind of bring you back to just a moment ago, where Morgan, it almost felt like, was posturing like he was going to have to do that mm-hmm. to Alicia as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, you get that sort of feeling with his words, his exact words that he uses to anybody who says, I can't let you leave or I can't let you do that. Yep. You know, I can't let you, do- we all have to do things we don't normally do. Maybe this is one of them. Okay, let's go back to Strand now. Strand is doing the same thing. Everybody has this idea of what is supposed to happen, what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Strand having this razor focus on his plan only. Okay, you're back into that moment. You're like, fuck this, Strand, you did. Yep. But then you obviously you think Mexican standoff. It is the point, Strand, sticking up these people. Is it going to work? Because you're literally going to have to kill people that you love That's to look what them you- in the eye. You know? expecting yeah yeah so i don't i don't know and it, and it worked mm-hmm. in a way well i wanted alicia to kill strand just because he was anno- he was annoying me in the moment but obviously i don't think that's good for the story because if alicia killed strand i feel like jenny wins because she's turning this group against each other and and that would be right terrible. So that would be the beginning. I mean, even that, of even that, in a sense, would be good for the story, though. Like having that one loss, that like to affirm to have Alicia in crisis, it would negate some of the things she learned in this episode a little bit. Yeah. But how we're supposed to be doing things, right? Right. But but you know, plot armor. It, it's a, it's it's kind of a confusing thing to navigate. <laughs> Sandice is going crazy. So hold on, let's read what Sharon says. It, is it going to work? I think they were hoping to sway Strand to their side. Sure. And I think sure. in a way, I think in a way, by the end of it, they might have. But instead, now Strand is relevant himself to being the pawn. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. We said that earlier, and now I'm thinking, well, how far 
is Strand willing to go to sacrifice him for Alicia? Because we did evoke those feelings of Madison sacrificing him, herself to the diamond. Part of that scene or part of that moment was Strand putting his hand into the fire to save somebody that was on fire. I think that was Alicia, I think, too which could be interesting foreshadowing because if Strand is saying, okay, I'm accepting you as leader also, just like Morgan did earlier. And if that's the case, I'm going to play Ginny's part up until the moment I need to and, and then sacrifice myself mm. for these people. It doesn't look like it by the end of the episode, but I do see with the, because of the Christopher, St. Christopher medallion, yeah. he's the one who takes it in the end, if I remember right. He's the one who needs this the most. I think you're right. I think Alicia hands it back to him before she walks away. Mm -hmm. That's Isn't that what we were Trying, we were trying to do mm -hmm. and then she's like it's up to you now you need to play this now P play this part to the max because now you need to be 100 committed to your original plan with the variance of now i have dakota i have just damaged her from the inside without hurting anybody right mm -hmm. not what you were re willing to do strand now strand is super saiyan 4 which is what super saiyan what is that now <laughs> And now I'm trying to figure out what it's not God, obviously. So. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. Charity's saying Alicia did not give Strand the medallion. She's almost sure. Oh, oh, yeah. He handed it to her and she took it. Right. But I thought she gets back to him right before she walks away. I thought she did too. Nisa and Charity are confirming. You know what also that got me thinking? My initial reaction because I was high, high brain. Remember <laughs> high brain? Yeah. Okay. When I saw that, I was like, is Daniel in that pile of Walker antler bodies also? Because I was thinking, like, I don't know why I thought Daniel. I thought immediately of Daniel when I saw the, the St. Christopher medallion. Oh, of course. Me too. I think that was uh, I think that was on purpose. They wanted us to remember Daniel. And and also Strand is talking about, you know, his plan in that moment and what they've worked for. Last we knew, Strand didn't know that Daniel still had his memory. So still. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, at, at the at, for, for a split second, I got the impression that that Daniel was in on whatever sort of plan. But then I thought, no, Strand still thinks Daniel. Exactly. But obviously the medallion is in the scene to remind us of Daniel. So Sharon is saying, what what exactly did Alicia mean when she, she told Strand, I'm doing exactly what you asked me to? Oh, that's what I'm saying. That's that's what I keep repeating. She she is doing exactly what Strand wanted to do, which is damage Ginny from the inside. But, you know, go far away from her so that he can damage Ginny from the inside. But essentially she is damaging Ginny from the inside. Right. But that's... By, but by keeping Dakota. Strand didn't ask Alicia to do damage from the inside. He asked her to go far away, to stay away from him. Right. Right. But you're not thinking of what she said, what, what Strand said to her at the Gulch. Strand said to her at the Gulch, we can do more damage from the inside. Oh, okay. okay. That is also what he told her to do. We got to go farther back. And okay. All right. No, no. Not remembering the man he was. Not at all. In fact, I, embrace the man that you were. <laughs> you got to go deeper, Strand. You got to go deeper. You got to go Super Saiyan Strand. Right. Four. <laughs> yeah. You do have to remember the man you were. But in the context, of what you were trying to say before is damage her from the inside for sure mm -hmm. and strand was also is was 100 going to give back dakota because again strand knows and that's the thing i kind of wish he had told them did he tell them that you know if we don't give back dakota she will sacrifice all our friends no he didn't no but they that's all but they all have to know that at that point alicia was right there when dakota said you know if you morgan definitely know, knows that yeah morgan definitely knows alicia should know because she was right there when when they were at the sugar place and dakota said if you run she's that's right to kill all your all your friends all right these people these three in particular do know mm -hmm. yeah the only other question i had was since grace has been at lawton this whole time where is doc holt <laughs> that's a good question maybe he really is dead maybe he really oh poor doc <laughs>
or or Doc Holt is is shuffled away in moments where he's just meant to go check on his patient. And if he is dead, I don't know. Are we going to see June deliver great Maybe. Yeah, maybe that's what it's all about. Virginia killed their parents. Uh, I still think Dakota could have done that. <laughs> well, cuz she says, Alicia asks, "Why did Virginia kill your parents?" and she's like, "I don't know." I find that that to me is a bullshit answer. If your sister killed your parents, she would tell you why, or you would at least yeah. know why. Or she doesn't. It was like an off-screen kill. <laughs> or Ginny won't tell her why. Well, or maybe it was just like Silas. It's like he he her her parents had turned and that's what she had to do. I guess she was like six years old, let's say. Then say that. Like, I don't know. I that's why I I just call bullshit. That's why I'm that's why I'm putting money on Dakota killing the parents. Not not Ginny. Or there are no parents. Again, this is this puts more weight on the idea that that uh Ginny is Dakota's mom. It's a misdirect for everybody else. Oh, I, ha- I know why. I know. I know what you're going to ask. Why? Why would Ginny lie about Dakota being his, her sister? And the easiest answer is if people knew that J- Dakota was her daughter, it, it would keep her vulnerable. I think if it's her sister, it's less of a tether to Ginny. You think so? In in some ways, I think. Like if, he, if people knew that this was her daughter, then it would be like number one, I've got your daughter by the neck, etc. Like, okay, if it's a sister, maybe it's not that important to her. Maybe it's not as important. Hmm. Maybe she would sacrifice. She's she'll sacrifice other people. Why not her sister? So if if if, it's a- if Ginny tells everyone that Dakota is her sister, it keeps her more at arm's length and a less likely target. I think so. Okay. Okay. Interesting. That. It's it's not a very good <laughs> explanation, but you can see it being a mother also. Yeah. Oh, Silas, that's my little brother. <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to think of a situation like would I would I be more or less distraught if Silas was in a situation versus one of my brothers or sister like what would i feel different would i actually you've said that you would feel different before you've said this on air i can't remember what context though it's definitely not this one what i'm saying is that we've brought this scenario before and you've said oh if it was my if it was you know i had to save my son or my brother my brother would be toast <laughs> well i think i also added that if it well if it were my brother keegan he would sacrifice himself he wouldn't i wouldn't have to make that choice my brother keegan is is he's good enough he would sacrifice himself but i think my brother would too I I know. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't let. I wouldn't. I wouldn't let him. I have a very, very big, you know, big bond with my brother. Well, and I just don't know if it would be like a big enough difference for Jenny to use this to her advantage. I mean, if you're gonna lie about the relationship you have with Dakota, why not just say she's like a cousin? Like, why not even put a further, a bigger gap between your relationship? Yeah. Say you're not. That's a good point too. Sharon says he objected to the treatment of race. They killed, so they killed him. Doc Holt. Doc Holt, I guess. Yeah. Okay. And um, and and Doc Holt maybe is the mortician, is what Nisa's saying. Mm. She doesn't believe Dakota. And Sharon is also saying my brother wouldn't sacrifice himself for me. <laughs> cousin is cousin is too far, Nisa says. And Sharon is saying her brother isn't that type. <laughs> too far? Like too far of a relationship. See, if if that was all you had left though, that would be that would mean the world. Your cousin would mean the world if that was the only family member you had left. All right, so maybe maybe sister is just right. It's right in the middle between cousin and <laughs> So that's what that, that's what Nisa says. Sister is oh. closer but not as close as daughter. Mm. Yeah. Um yeah. See, like if they would have told her it's her and as evident, this is why I'm on this train is because daughter, the way she's reacting is more of a daughter than a sister, I think. 
Well, we also don't know how long their parents have been gone. Ginny might That's true. look also. at Dakota more uh, as a daughter because she's been raising her for who knows how long. Also very true. Also very, very true. I This is why the nature of her protection feels like her daughter. You know, she he's, she's that adamant about keeping her safe. Sure. Again, last person she knows blood relative alive. So mm-hmm. I guess my sister would be a good example to you. There's a considerable age difference between my sister and I. Like I've told people she's my daughter. She could be. And I, yeah, I keep forgetting that you have a, a sister too, <laughs> yeah. which is weird. I, you've told me this before. Yeah. You know, but if this were a situation where our parents were gone and it was just me and her, I think I would treat her like a daughter. There's a huge yeah. age difference between us and I would protect her. How huge? For my daughter. T- 10? More. 15 years. Oh, okay. 13, oh. 15, and 17 years between me and my youngest siblings. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I, That's I bigger than me and my brother. <laughs> Yeah, my brother and I are 10 years apart. And my dad, see, like, I have all these, like, relational, like, gaps between, like, oh, how I know how old my dad is. Like, my dad is 30 years older than me. My my brother's 10 years younger than me. And Gil is, like, one year younger than me. And Nadine is two, two more years, like, three years younger than me. That's how that's how I know. Now you know all my passwords. <laughs> oh, there's 11 between uh, oh. Sharon and her brother. Oh, okay. Yeah, so big gap. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, this is something that I've heard repeat, too. Nisa says she could have caused a car crash, Dakota, uh, 13 years before that killed their parents for all we know mm-hmm. yeah yeah and is blaming and blaming jenny um you know quote unquote blaming jenny maybe mm-hmm. or maybe there's no blame at all she's just saying it because again my, i'm starting to lean on the theory that dakota has been with jenny this entire time and in a sense dakota is kind of like a mole now okay if i can find out where the place is then jenny can come swoop in after me and charlie she can pull a charlie on everybody you're with not the, you're with not the moles wrong. you are not wrong yeah. and what and what ultimately happens alicia convinces morgan to allow Dakota to come to the dam. Yep. Oh my god. AKA Alicia's making bad AKA, decisions just like Madison did. <laughs> a- AKA the Diamond 2.0. Right. But you know, there's po- there's poetry in that at least. That's something we can take away. Oh, but... I want Alicia to be and then, better than Madison. <laughs> yeah, but you know, there's all these other factors in the wind too. There's Virginia's again, we we have Virginia's outcasts, we have the end of the beginning people if they are still actually alive too, right? Because that's the whole other thing with Morgan that we have to kind of reckon with eventually maybe who knows, but like is he a big bad? Will he become something different? Yeah, you know, and maybe after this betrayal from Dakota, mm-hmm. you know, by way of Alicia, mm, who knows? It was kind of um I don't know, it was kind of something that Alicia lumped, well, at the time we didn't know it, but Alicia lumped in whoever attacked the convoy with who blew up Tanktown. And she's like, whoever these people are, she at that moment thought it was the same people. Whoever these people are, they might be able to help us. And, you know, I don't right. know who they are. We want to know who they are. Mm-hmm. And that's... We want to know who Morgan is. <laughs> right. And then later, she asks Morgan about Tanktown, too. So, may, I don't know. Maybe Morgan will eventually have a connection to the death cult. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I hope... I really hope not. Yeah. I'm not ready to, for Morgan to be the big bad. This is my favorite character. <laughs> I'm very biased. I'm very compromised. Oh, and you know what? Nisa says, uh, I'm not worried about the cult people after this episode. Morgan will just kill them all. Right. Or will he rally them? Well, no. I don't I don't see the death cult people being allies as much as I do as Ginny's rejects, I guess. The death cult people? Right. As Ginny's rejects? No, no, no. No, I, I see Ginny's rejects more becoming allies. Of an ally. Over the cult group, yeah. Right, right. I'm just saying that Morgan may be leveraging the, the specter of the end as a beginning people to create a wedge. Like okay. the idea of them. Okay. That's why I say 
say that. Oh, I, I thought that was clear. That's why I'm saying, oh, he used the the illusions of this this end of the beginning people. Okay, okay. As a clear threat to Jenny, yeah. I thought That's, I'm not saying he's with them. Right, right. I thought you were saying like he maybe he got in there and, and convinced them to help him out with what he's doing. But then, you know, then you have to wrestle with the fact that there really was somebody from that group in there, you know? So, yeah, I, we have to square that circle and yeah. obviously isn't the case. True. I, I'm not willing to say he's down with that. I know he wasn't part of the Whisper War, but like still, <laughs> I don't think... It doesn't make sense that he would do that. It doesn't make sense that he would align himself with this death cult. It doesn't make any sense. Like, all life is precious, but then all of a sudden, completely not. Right. Like, let's end all life. It's ironic, but now we have to keep tabs on it now, sort of. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well... So, uh, so Nisa, Nisa says, no life is precious. Okay, so ash, hashtag no lives matter. Okay, we're not... The, the opposite doesn't make it true, Okay racist. <laughs> Hashtag no lives matter. Okay, so if you like what you heard on the audio podcast, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead, five stars in that plant. Tell us all we need to know that you love us, but please use it as a means to communicate with us. Let us know what we're doing right as a podcast. Let us know what we're doing wrong. After every single podcast, your your ratings do help us with visibility. We are very high on the charts in Australia right now on the TV and film category, so let's boost up those Australian numbers, folks. Just tell us after every every episode communicate with us tell us why you like us what are we doing right what are we doing wrong send your feelings out to us we want to know and if you really really like us head over to ko-fi.com create an account and follow us on ko-fi.com slash squawking dead when you do follow us you'll know when our recording sessions drop our unedited episodes drop and when we place the pay what you want get them for free unedited episodes you will get access to this right now as opposed to when we edit it and make it available for thursday or friday you'll get that days in advance so and along with following Following us, if you buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com slash squawking dead, you will have access to those supporter back posts for 30 days. And if you subscribe to a coffee a month or more, we ain't going to stop you. The party just keeps on rolling and you'll be helping the podcast you know and love pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. And we can grow and we can do more podcasts and we can do more things. I would love to be able to do more, but we can't because I have a day job and that's impossible. And we still have bills to pay. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey. Uh, I think we did a really good job getting through a lot. Again, this is one of those episodes not unlike the first episode of the season where we felt that a lot of it was more of an unfurling like there's a lot of action there's a lot of turnarounds there was a lot of evoking of callbacks so there's a lot more to pick, pick apart but at the same time it is just a good watch watching all these things unfurl the creepiness of it all the tension where everybody's loyalties lie bringing out some of the callbacks so it was the perfect balance between just what just watch and let it unfold and then also picking apart the callbacks what this means what that means and not having the overly complicated breakdown of the walking dead world beyond's last episode uh, episode eight eight which was called uh the sky's a graveyard that was t- difficult that was but this one was a lot easier so i'm thankful for that i'm thankful for all of you joining us again and again and again and i want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for continuing to watch us and join us on this journey and for those of you who do support us thank you wholeheartedly you make this happen you add your voices and you keep our engines running so with that everybody we'll see you in the next one uh which would be the two hour seat mid the two hour season finale of the walking dead world beyond so take care everybody love you have a have a good one. Hi. See you soon, and uh, and have have some fa- some fajitas on us. Yeah, go make go make some fajitas. Sure, he says. Go make some fajitas with yeah. Dwight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dwight's Dwight's daughter is Dakota. Dwight's fajitas. Fajita, I mean. <laughs> Take care, y'all. Bye. <laughs>